All right, well, welcome to this month's BP Leadership Lesson. In today's lesson, you're going to hear a conversation that Bill had with many of our members via Zoom call. And the title of this is The Secret to Leading Leaders. It is an amazing lesson that you don't want to miss. So let's get started. Today, I want to tell you about a. I came up with this lesson several years ago because what happened was when I was pastoring with the church, the church began to grow. But as it grew, we started drawing some higher level leaders than we already had. And so I quickly had to figure out now, how do you, how do you attract and then lead people that are at higher levels? And, uh, and so out of that, I kind of developed some thoughts and insights and I'd write it down. I know for you, if you're in business and you're trying to make things better, uh, you're going to reach some clients sometimes. You're going to draw some employees at times that are going to be more experienced and high level. And so hopefully this will help you to get the right insight into how they think, what they need, because the key is going to be going back and connecting with them. And I'll show you how to do it. So I'm going to give you really like uh, seven different ways that it's difficult to lead leaders and then seven tips to do that. So I'll go through them briefly as well. But I know this, the exciting thing about being in a leadership role to start with is whether you're a business owner or whether you're a manager or supervisor or even a pastor, uh, the benefit of that is you got a little freedom. That's why most people go into business. They, they want some freedom. They, they like the opportunity of, of exploring on their own and doing things on their own. Uh, but the downside of that is that when they start attracting customers and clients at higher levels, is how do I keep and how do I attract and how do I grow those higher level leaders? And so there's a big difference, by the way, in developing followers and developing leaders. Uh, sometimes you can go out and grab a bunch of followers and that's good, but the highest level of leader always reproduces other leaders. And, um, and so it's like you can look behind them and see whether it be their family that have reached leadership levels or whether it have been their friends that have been around them. But you'll notice that a, a high level leader doesn't just have followers, they have leaders. They reproduce themselves. I know of a guy that's in business today that has a successful business and more people have started their own businesses being around him. And, and the reason is because they were around a good leader. And so uh, to, to be able to do that is an art. It's really a, a skill. It's a science as well. And, and if we don't do that, it puts a lid on our growth. We only attract so many customers or so many clients or as a pastor, so many members. And to be able to break through that, you got to learn to lead leaders because the leaders are what attract other people. And so in able to do that, that's why I believe that this lesson will probably be beneficial for a lot of you that have been at the same level for years. If you've been at the same level for years and you've been thinking, I wish I could get my company or my business or my church to grow a little further, I think this is going to be essential, okay? And you're going to get the notes, by the way. They're going to be sending all of you the notes as well. So everything I say will be there for you, and they've already filled out, and, uh, and that will help you along the line. But you may want to take notes as well as we go, but be sure and listen, okay? So let me give you... Here's seven difficulties in leading leaders. It's different, as I say. So one is this. The higher the leader, the more options they have. And it's, if, if they're a higher level leader, they, they have more options to do things. Now, if you're, you know, when I first came to the church and we were small, had 32 people there, one of the interesting things was is that whoever was there that day began to be the leader. You know, whoever got their first could open the door and they could turn on the lights and they could turn on the air conditioning. And we made them the leader in charge of maintenance and all the rest and gave them a title. And that was great. Uh, and they were easy to lead because they, they had not much responsibility nor experience. 
But as it began to grow, I realized now I've got to have higher level leaders. And I realized that the higher the leader, the more options they have. So they don't, they don't bite easy. They don't jump on board quickly. And so now you've got to figure out and finesse your way through what is it that they need and what is it that they are fulfilled at. And so that's the first. Now, the second is in many organizations, some of you are in these corporations that you didn't start it, but you're a supervisor, you're a manager or something. And, and in many organizations, some of those you lead had a part in bringing you on. And so it's kind of hard to lead somebody that helped to hire you. It's kind of hard to lead somebody that at one time, they were the ones that recommended you, brought you in, and now all of a sudden you're in a place where you say, I, I want them to do something, but I feel bad. And, and in their minds, they may even be thinking, I got here first. You know, I was here before you were. Who are you to tell me what to do? Or, uh, you know, you can't oversee me because if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have the job you have. So it's a little harder, and that's one of the difficulties if you're in a role where you suddenly move past them, and now you got to lead the people that once led you. Uh, the third is high-level leaders generally, if they're independent, have their own organization or their own company to run. And so if they've got a cause they're leading and their own place that they're leading, uh, they've got some choices. And, and the question they have is this, what makes your cause better than others? What makes your cause better than my cause? What I want to give to yours or be a part of yours when I've got some other options? And you have to realize with those kind of people that their time is valuable, so don't abuse it. Uh, and, and also their value to the organization can be big, so don't waste it. And so those are, those are some of the things that they think in their mind. Why make, what is you have that makes me want to be with your organization? Number four, high-level leaders are selective in who they choose to follow. That is, they're, they're going to be harder to catch. They're, they're kind of like a high-level leader. It's like if you've gone fishing before, there's, there's certain fish that you can just catch easily. You throw anything out and they eat it. But to catch what really is a, a great fish that you want to brag about or put on a trophy, that's going to take a lot more skill. You don't just catch that. If you do one time, it may be accident, but to do it regularly, you've got to have a level of skill that you just don't get by throwing chum in the water. So the key is going to be now, if, if I'm going to lead that higher level leader, I've got, to, I've got to understand they're going to make a choice to follow me. They have the, not only the options, but they're going, to, they're going to lift the organization. But what am I going to do to get them? They don't just follow anyone. And, and especially, you know, they won't follow somebody who's at a lower level than them. If they don't think you can teach them, they won't get on board. They'll just quietly check out and move on. I knew a guy one time as a great sales guy, kind of as a pastor, and he could sell. He just couldn't keep them. And he probably had a, had 100 people, probably drew 200 leaders, but lost those 200. And he's still at the 100 a couple of years later. And, um, and when he was telling me what his problem was, I thought that the interesting thing is you're good at sales but bad at service. You, you can't lead them further. You got them on the front end, but you can't keep them. And so the key is going to be that you and I have to embrace that on the front end. Number five, some higher level leaders feel a sense of entitlement. Now, I just, I'm opening up because I'm not senior pastor anymore, so I'll tell you, I've had people before that left the church that um, came to me in times past, and they, they wanted me to address them by their title. They, wanted, they, they felt that any job we had that offered serving was beneath them. I had a man one time that offered a lot of money if I'd put him on a board. He privately said, I'll give you a whole lot of money if you'll put me on this board. And I said, we don't buy our way on boards. 
And he got offended with me. He said, okay, I want you to know, young man, I'm leaving, and I'm taking my money with me, and I'll go to another church where I can get on that place. And he did. You know something? I didn't miss him nor his money. What I'm telling you, you got to be willing to let some people go, but when they feel a sense of entitlement, they believe they're owed special privileges. Some of you, by the way, you're in business, and you're going to have a client that looks real good. And if that client gets to be so needy and feel that they've got to be so entitled, you'd be better off to lose that client. Otherwise, you'll spend your whole time trying to service them and never satisfy them, and they may lose, may lose them and leave anyway. Uh, in fact, the way we checked them at this church was this. We would give them uh, jobs of service so that we would see what's their character and what their heart was. I didn't want anybody coming in thinking that I'm better than everybody else. I want them to come in with the attitude that I'm just grateful to be here, and, uh, and I'm grateful for all that I can be a part of, and the organization is big, and what a privilege it is for me. And if they'll come in with the idea that it's a privilege, they can go a long way. If they come in with the idea that you're privileged to have me, you're better off to lose them on the front end. Number six is this. Here's a key that I learned not only in leadership, but just in life. You connect with people on their level, not yours. Now, let me say that again. You connect with people on their level, not yours. Uh, you ever seen a train that has a lot of carts it's got to pick up? that train will back up and connect with that boxcar and then move. And when I say you connect with people on their level, you got to know a little bit about what their interest is, what perhaps their history is, what their, you know, what their level is. You want to know a little bit about them. Before I ever sat down with certain leaders, if I knew that they were a good leader and I wanted to bring them in, I would try to learn about their business. I'd try to learn about what they were doing. I would try to figure out what, what it was that attracted them, what they want to be a part of. And, and don't fake it. If I couldn't offer that, I would tell them. In fact, on a couple of occasions, even when I was a pastor, I would tell people that based on what you've told me about looking for a church, this is not the church for you. And I'd recommend a church. I'd say, now, this is the church that seems to fit exactly what you're looking for. And they would respect that. I would respect that. And that way they got their journey. And so the secret's going to be there, learning what their level is. By the way, that's going to help you with your family. That's going to help you with your friends. If you figure out their level, your, your kids don't want to sit down and talk about your business, okay? They want you to talk about their interest and what they're doing. So you connect with people on their level, not yours. That'll help you all throughout life because there'll be times that you'll connect with some people that, uh, that you, may not, you, know, you may not go to dinner with, you may not have as a family uh, gathering, but you'll connect with them at their level. And then there are other people that you'll connect with at a certain level that you'll say, I could be with them all day, and they're teaching me, and I'm learning from them. The other is, number seven, it takes time to find good leaders. Now, that's true of anything. Some of you, if you're looking for somebody in business to hire or a, a, a new personnel you got to bring on board, don't rush it. Don't get desperate. The key there is going to be figure out clearly what you want and then be willing to take the time. Now, you're fortunate if you get them on the first try. I think I've had that probably twice in all of my lifetime. I got them on the first try. But there's sometimes I had to wait a long time to find somebody that I knew was the right leader. And so don't, don't, you know, don't be too desperate. Don't jump the gun. Uh, if, you, if you do, you may regret it. You ever hired somebody that you wish you hadn't hired? You ever brought somebody on that you said, you know, I didn't realize this was going to take this much out of me? And, and it's more maintenance, and they're get, not getting where I need them to be as quickly. And so it takes time, and that's okay. 
As long as you can figure out what you want and you're willing to patiently wait through that, you can. All right, let me give you now the seven keys to leading high-level leaders. This is the keys to how I've learned it. One is high-level leaders know that everybody wants something. Now, that, that's I've always said that before, but it's worth knowing everybody wants something. It doesn't have to be bad. Uh, some people just want encouragement. The other day, somebody called me, and in the middle of the conversation, I figured out they need validation. They're making a decision that they don't have many voices in their life telling them it's the right decision. And I picked up and discerned out of that, they just need me to say, I believe you can do that. That's all they needed. Once I said that, I felt they thought, okay, I'm off to the races. Now, everybody wants something. Now, some people may call you and want money. They, they may want you to bail them out. They, they, may, you know, they, they may want a lot of things that you say, ah, bad time to get a call. But everybody wants something. And so be very authentic and, and, and understand that with high-level leaders, I had one one time that was really great. Uh, he was a, a corporate guy that had a lot of businesses. And he asked me, he said, Bill, I, I want something from you. And I said, okay, tell me what you want. He said, I don't think about God as much as I should. He said, I've been blessed and I'm successful and all the rest. But he said, I don't think about the spiritual life as much. I need you in my life to remind me of that on a regular basis. He said, that's what I want out of our relationship. And then I said, great. And then he looked at me and said, now, what, what do you want from me? And he knew, he knew that I wanted something. So I said, okay, what I want from you, and I won't bother you, but I want the freedom to call you maybe two, three times a year. I won't bother you. I'll just call you and I'll be specific. If I'm ever making a decision I need to make or I need some counsel, I just want you to be kind of my, my springboard, my, my feedback. And he said, good. We shook hands and we walked out of my office and, and promise you probably three times a year, I may call him. He'll call me more than that and ask me a question. I was reading through the Bible today and, and he may get a question that he doesn't know and I give him a lot of that, but I save. I don't call him regularly, but when I do call him, it's always something worthwhile and something big. And the reason I say that is because I want them to know high level leaders, they know you want something. So just be upfront on, uh, on the beginning. Number two, you must build a high trust relationship. Now, the more they trust you, the more you can lead them. And, and the key on that is going to be don't go to high-level leaders with your handout. Don't go asking for money. We went through a difficulty one time at the church that I, uh, I wound up, it cost me. My first two sons had wonderful weddings, big weddings. My third son, I was almost broke. I mean, I literally spent everything I had, cashed in everything I had. I, he got married in a little chapel that held 60 people. And I, I put my neck on the line. I had gotten in a situation where where some employees had taken advantage. And so it cost me personally. I never told the church about it. For one whole year, I never told the church. But I really thought that my ministry was over. If you ask me what's the scariest time, that was it right there. And I remember having to sacrifice everything I ever had and had ever worked for. Now, God blessed me and got it all back within three or four years later. But I remember in that difficult time, I never asked anybody for help. And one of the leaders that I know came bursting through my office one day, walked right past the secretary and said, is he in there? And she said, yes. And he didn't ask, could I see him? He opened up the door. He said, I'm irate with you. I'm furious with you. And I said, what's that about? And he was mad. And here's what he said. He flew, by the way, flew into Columbus just to see me and just to say this. He said, I just learned about what you went through. He said, all you had to do is pick up that telephone and call me. I'd have stroked you one check. I'd have never missed it for every bit of that. 
and nobody would know but me and you. All you had to do was call me. And then he said, I thought we were friends. I thought we were closer than that. Now, he was offended that I didn't ask him for something. But I had already determined I was never going to ask somebody to give me something. And I encourage you, especially if you're a pastor or whatever, don't go with your hand out. Uh, earn the trust. Uh, let the people in, in your circle and those of you, by the way, they're in business, give the people more than what they expect for their price, and they'll tell other people about how good you are. And when you build the trust, what happens is then you can lead them further and you can lead them longer. Uh, when they leave your presence, they ought to know, you know, I got more than I gave. They, and and that, that's the way the relationship ought to be. Uh, the Number three, high-level leaders want to be insiders. Uh, for them, they want to know what's the inner work and how it works. I often said this, you make insiders by giving them inside information. And they want to be a part of the, you know, the, the process. They want to be a part of the decisions. Uh, and, and so a high-level leader is that person that they, they want to know not just can I come and be a client, but they want to know how do I add value. And the way that they do that is by giving them sometimes your own struggles. Uh, some of you in business, one of the best things you can do is find somebody one day that is a high-level leader and ask them, in my business, here's what I'm facing. What do you think? And bounce it off them. You'll be surprised at how many of them will take it to heart. In fact, I had a doctor. He passed away a couple years ago. Great guy. Uh, smart as could be. I enjoyed going to see him. He's a heart doctor. I enjoyed going to see him, not for that, you know, for my heart, but I enjoyed seeing him because of the, the dialogue. This guy was brilliant. And I remember one time I asked him a question while I was doing that treadmill stress test thing, and he just stopped and looked at me with the most perplexed look. He said, no one has ever asked me that. He said, I'll find the answer. Well, I kept walking, and it wasn't the biggest answer. I didn't need it right then. At 2 a.m. in the morning, my phone rang. I'm thinking it's an emergency, somebody's dead. I pick up the phone, it's him. He said, I got it. And I'm like, what? He said, I got the answer. I've been looking all afternoon when I got home. I've got the answer. And I thought, this could have waited. You know, I could have come by tomorrow. You could have called me. You're going to call me at 2 a.m.? He couldn't go to sleep till he tried to add value to me. And, and so he gave me the answer. It was great. I just thought from then on, I'm going to ask him a question I think he knows the answer to so I can get some sleep at night. But I know this, that they want to be inside the info. All right, number four, high-level leaders have to respect you. Um, here's what happens. In, in, and by the way, this is what helped me as a pastor. Um, I understood that, that uh, relationship with the outside world. See, in a Christian world, uh, in, in a Christian world, we give trust to anybody and everybody the minute we see them. You know, we say, oh, you go to church? Oh, God bless you. Hallelujah. You're my brother. We call them brother, sister, and all that. And we just love all of them. And we just bring them in the inner circle so quick. There's no discernment. We don't know anything about the character. They just use the name God. And all of a sudden, we brought them on board. And we make them our next best friend. The world's a little smarter. The world says, I want to sit back and see you. I want to know you. I want to be a little, not skeptical, but at least observant. And, and the world doesn't give you the relationship quickly, whereas the church will give you the relationship the day you walk in. And the danger of that is this, is that we have a tendency in the church, we bring them in, then they burn us, then we push them out. Whereas it'd be smarter to go slower and then we can keep them. And so the world is saying, I want to respect you. And they're going to give you respect and they expect it in return. Number five, high-level leaders need clear direction. Uh, to a high-level leader doesn't just want to get on board. 
you know, if, if you've got low-level leaders, you just say, hey, everybody, let's get on board. Let's go somewhere and do this. And they'll immediately say, okay, and they'll jump on and say, it doesn't matter where we're going. We're all together. But a high-level leader says, I want to know before we go, do I want to invest my time? Am I interested in being a part of this? And they want to know where you're going. By the way, that's why I come back to the church again. But that's why we always stated real clearly, we are the church for the unchurched. We keep that mission right out there in front. We want people to know on the front end right where we're going. And as long as they know where we're going, you don't get off track. If you don't know where you're going, what happens is your high-level leaders say, I'll wait and sit back and not get on board until you figure it out. And so they want to know. They don't like uncertainty. They want it to be very clear. They want to know, is this a yes or a no? Is this a go or a stop? They just want to know. And, and so we need to think that through if we're going to lead them. Number six, high-level leaders need integration with other high-level leaders that they respect. Now, what that does is this. I'll tell you, when one time we grew a lot, I, I would bring, um, I'd bring a lot of leaders together that didn't know each other, and I'd sit down and have a monthly breakfast. And all of these guys didn't know each other. But in that lunch or that breakfast, they got acquainted. And then I would toss out ideas, and they would tell me, oh, yay or nay. But we began to grow together, and we got on one cause. You see, a high-level leader does not want to be the, the one leader of all projects. If you've got an organization and you've just got one person leading everything, after a while they get burned out, they also sometimes can get too much power. Sometimes they will get their own agenda. You need a lot of good thinking heads around you. And if you've got a company, suppose you've got a company with five different people on there, well then let each one take certain responsibility for certain areas. If you've got a company with with a thousand, find the best leaders and let them lead hundreds and let the hundreds lead fifties and let the fifties lead ten. But break it up in such a way that everybody gets to grow in their leadership and don't put it all on one. If you put it all on one, you put a lid on your organization. And then number seven, the last along there is high level leaders want motivation. Now, when I say they want motivation, they want to be in on something that makes a difference. What we did to, to constantly let people know that if they're high-level leaders, what we were doing and what in investment they were making was, was working, we would constantly give them information as here's the results. Here's what's going on. Here's what we got out of that. And, and as long as they can see you're making progress. And by the way, big causes draw big leaders. So you want to you have a big enough cause that, that makes them say, I'd like to be a part of that. I don't want to miss out on that. So I'll ask you this to be thinking about this as we wrap it up. Write down, perhaps, the name of five high-level leaders that you want to get on board in your organization. Maybe five clients that you want to reach. It may be five different uh, leaders that you need to bring up. Or people within your organization that you can say, I need to get those people to step it up, to read more, to learn more. I did this with almost... Uh, you know, with my son years ago, he's taken over now and doing a fantastic job. And actually, we're growing more now than we were before, which has been fantastic. And I'm proud of him. But the interesting thing was, for two years, I said, I want you to go into every meeting and don't say a word, just take notes. I want you to watch what I do, what they do, what I say, what I don't say. I want you to learn. Now, afterwards, you can give me feedback, tell me what you saw, didn't see. But I want you to learn it by being a part of it. And he was, he was that master student for that time. He would go with me from early morning to late at night in every circumstance. I remember one time we were in a board meeting with some about six high-level leaders, and they were like arguing. And I remember he kept looking at me like, are you going to stop this? And they were going back and forth with each other. 
And, and I was enjoying letting that work itself out. And when we got in the car, he said, were they mad? I said, no, they're all bosses and they're just not used to anybody that they, they, they tell them what to do. They're not used to anybody telling them. And so they're all in that room trying to figure out who's the chief. And, uh, and at the end of the day, we got what we wanted. But he learned by being around it. Some of you've got some employees, you've got people under you that you need to be bringing them along, mentoring them. Instead of just telling them what to do, let them be a part of what you're doing so you can show it. And so the key is going to be write down the names of those people that you know as high level leaders you want on board or the people around you that you want to take to a higher level. And that's a, those are kind of the thoughts that I have on, on the secret to, uh, to leading leaders. Leaders are different, but if you do that, I know it'll make a difference. Thank you for tuning into this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Each month, we share these lessons at a live luncheon to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. If you would like more information on dates and times of our upcoming luncheons, you can visit bpleadership.com.